The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Time classic. I, I think there's a bit of smart assery at, uh, uh, afoot here, John. Oh, you don't just know a, the half just of a it. Just a wee bit. Yeah. Just a wee bit. There was some uh, tonguing and cheeking in there. But then again, I don't think, shit, have we ever even featured a Beatles song? No, I don't. And I think that's Out a of big, 100 and big, what, two episodes? We've big, never, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that was a big reason why we needed to do that because that was a glaring, yeah. glaring hole. And, uh, and yeah, and 
obviously, there's a little bit of a tie-in between that particular song and uh, and the great big pink elephant in the corner of the room. Indeed. Should yeah. I warn everybody now that it's not a, a feel-good episode? Nah, because <laughs> you never know how these things are going to go. Yeah, and you never know how people are going to interpret them. This so you're right. Let's true. not shoot ourselves yeah. in the foot yet. Yeah. However, so for <laughs> anybody who you know has pretty much been living in a cave for the last hundred years, that was the Beatles doing a classic called Back in the USSR. You always reference caves. Do I? You do. You look down upon those who live in caves as well. You know, that's... It's not very woke. I probably shouldn't do that. No, No, probably shouldn't. I mean, as long as you've got a good Wi-Fi feed in the cave, you're good. Right. You know, you're cool. You're cool. But, uh, but yeah, that was uh, back in the USSR, which, you know, again, anybody who's not living in a cave Mm -hmm. probably knows that was off their legendary 1968 double album, The Beatles, much better known as The White Album. Indeed. And... uh, and it's kind of funny, you know, speaking of smartassery and, and, and whatnot, that song was a deliberate parody uh, of both Chuck Berry uh, doing Back in, the USA, Back in the USA, excuse me, and the Beach Boys, who were monsters at the time themselves, probably the uh-huh. only band that was in the Beatles range at the time, right. uh, of their California girls. No kidding. Yeah, that was what the Brits huh. called taking a piss. <laughs> You're taking, taking a piss out there, you know? But... Uh, but yeah, it, uh, and you know, timing, timing-wise, um, another reason why we rolled with this today. It uh, initially back in '68 was criticized when it came out because it was only a couple months after the Soviets had uh, invaded Czechoslovakia. Huh. And uh, and ironically enough, in 2003, uh, Sir Paul played it in Moscow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, who would have thought of the Russians ever invading anybody? Willy nilly. <laughs> no, it's so goodness. So out of character for them and their history. Right. But then again, I mean, this was, what, 50 years ago. I mean, surely that wouldn't happen well no. now, would no. it? And here well, we go, folks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there goes the pink elephant. <laughs> yeah, you might have guessed. We're going to be talking about what everybody else is talking about today, and that's the ongoing situation. In uh, the state of Ukraine. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is one of those things where you got to kind of talk about it. It's there. It's in your face. But it's not just talking about it. We we get to choose from which uh, horizon we approach this particular subject. Oh, yeah. A lot of different perspectives on this one. Right. Um, And being, you know, in the media as we are and, you know, both our histories and whatnot... One of the things that jumped out at me initially when the onslaught of reporting began mm-hmm. was how much of this can we put faith in as being accurate? How much of this right. is disinformation? Which, yeah, to your credit, is a, is a question you always ask. I do. I do. <laughs> I, I guess from working in mass media, I now have an mm-hmm. inherent distrust of it. Sure. And, you know, you want to, you know, throw social media on top of it. Right. That's even more stuff to have right. a degree of distrust in. I am, you know, uh, slightly different in my, my thirst for knowledge, which is what overcomes me. Yeah. I will uh, absorb as much as I can from as many different angles as I can. Oh, absolutely. And then hopefully we'll have time to digest it, disseminate it, and, and figure out what's real and what's a crock of shit. Yeah, well, that's really the only thing you can do to combat the disinformation is mm-hmm. pull from as many different varied media sources as you possibly can. Right, in a perfect world. Yeah, and then, you know, Take a little responsibility and make your own decision. You know, I know. There you are with the R word. I know. I know. (laughs) Don't go there, damn it! Don't go there. So you know, as we were discussing today, folks, you know, really, again, from what horizon are we going to approach this at? One thing kind of 
we had a, a bunch of different you know, opinions on a bunch of different things. And of course, as always, Michael and I disagree on, on a lot of the narrative right now. Yeah. But something that we've both uh, latched onto and uncovered and feel a bit unsettled about is, for right now, let's just call it the reporting in general yeah. of this event. Yeah. Yeah. It's been my experience that, you know, with most competent, halfway intelligent people, if you sense something's amiss, you sense that something's not quite right, you're right. It's, yeah. That's exactly what's going on. And, and you know, you want to talk about a potential disinformation feast, a fucking smorgasbord mm -hmm. of an opportunity. You know, here we go. You know, and that well, is how we want to frame it. We're not talking conspiracy. We're not talking, you know, aliens are making yeah, it happen. not at all. Not at We're all. just talking about, you know, the world's love affair with, and I, I think you might have uh, been able to, to quote this new phrase, the uh, the citizen journalist yeah. was it? Oh, God, what <laughs> bullshit! You know, right? I mean, this this I mean, in all honesty, propaganda. This is nothing new. I mean, you know, ever since the the first caveman, you know, picked up a rock and cracked the second caveman in the head with it, there's been spin on what what was going on, what the motivations were. Am I my brother's keeper? You know, who was right, who was wrong? But yeah, now we've got this extra element brought to us by you know the the monster. That is social media of the quote-unquote citizen journalist, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, ha having been in my past an actual like real journalist, you know, somebody that went to school for it, and whatnot. I don't like these guys. I don't like this concept. <laughs> you know, and I know to anybody who's listened to the show more than once, this is shocking coming from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it you know, I mean, right off the bat. Um, the Russians uh, were claiming that Ukrainian, force, uh, Ukrainian forces uh, were planning uh, violent attacks and planning on committing genocide on the pro-Russian separatists that were already embedded in the country. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, this is typical of this kind of shit. Uh, they even posted fake videos of the attacks to try and, you know, bolster this, this claim that this is what was going on. You know, this was Putin creating an excuse you know, to jump over the borders and start, mm -hmm. start cracking heads and, 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 you know, invading cities and taking over airports and shit like that. I mean, right off the bat, you know? And, it, and it's, that's just the beginning, folks. Right, and, and like you alluded to, you know, we would expect that from, you know, we're not even going to say despots or, or fringe regimes, any government, all right? They're going to try, and especially when it, when it comes to shooting conflicts, they're going to do whatever they possibly can do to control the narrative in Absolutely. place. But again, the trouble right now is you're not really seeing an abundance of that from either side. It's all snippets. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a war via Twitter, okay? Yeah. So you're getting facts and figures and pictures and whatnot in little, like, 25-character oh, yeah. increments, yep. and it doesn't tell the story. Which is perfect for the kind of social media that is popular right and now. And the attention span yes. of the average mm -hmm. viewer or listener. Yeah, I'll give you another example. Do um, it. Who, who could, uh, you know, if, you, if you're going to start listing uh, the big players here, the social media players, who would be surprised that TikTok is in there? You know, and apparently... Uh, Somebody posted uh, something on TikTok uh, that was taken from a 2016 video of training exercises that were supposedly um, representing uh, Russian soldiers parachuting into the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was viewed by millions of people. 
and complete and totally false. Did yeah. not happen. You know, I, it was a repurposing of a training exercise, a mm -hmm. video of a training exercise. You know, another good example, uh, a mistranslation of a statement falsely stating that the fighting near Chernobyl, I'm sure you've heard about mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. uh, had disturbed a nuclear waste site, uh, was widely shared on Twitter and was actually picked up by journalists. Also completely false. Did not right. happen, you know. And it's, you know, for all the citizen journalists out there, you got to keep in mind that in a situation like this, sharing false information or misleading information in a situation like this could get people hurt, could get people killed. Yeah, it's very irresponsible entertainment for those that are creating it. But uh, look, let's go back a bunch of years to the first Gulf War where, you know, the, the way these conflicts are reported... Um, in real time, on the ground, with the troops, was changed forever. And that's been the yep. formula now for every armed conflict since then. Yeah. So why now, on the myriad of, of different networks, whether it's Fox, uh, CNN, um, I guess the folks on MSNBC are just staying there beating on the tambourine or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, never know, they might put somebody in the field. But even that is very sporadic, and you're seeing little snippets normally broadcast from the balcony of their hotel or in the hotel room yeah. uh, for reasons ranging from we can't have bright lights because the uh, Ukrainian police are saying you don't want to alert the Russians to like um, a potential target. Yeah, make yourself an easy target for the, for the flyovers right. that are going on right now. And even now. though you can hear the shelling and you see the distant explosions, it's not like they're in the thick of it. Right. Okay. Wolverines! And I'm not questioning the logic of wanting to be in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. My question, is, or my, I'm just simply pointing out that, why is this different than every other armed conflict? It never stopped anybody before from being on the ground with the troops, with, you know, yeah. press on the helmet or whatever they do to, you know, say, hey, I'm just here to report shit. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not wanting to get in the middle of this. No, no. And, and like you, I've had that feeling right from the beginning that the whole story isn't being told here. The, right. whole, the, the, the whole picture isn't being shown and to this, us. You know, and you know? the breadth of this segment, we'll come back and say this multiple times, but let me say it right now, something's not right. Yeah. It's a huge shit sandwich, and we're all going to have to take a bite. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're one of these you know, idiot citizen journalists, uh, there are a couple of questions you should ask yourself before you start posting uh, or disseminating or retweeting or reposting information. Uh, first and foremost, can you personally translate the language being spoken? Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of an essential part of the whole journalism aspect of the situation. If you can't, maybe you ought to take a moment of pause before you start you know, throwing information around, so to speak. Uh, another good question, are you equipped to vet photos and videos of places that you've never been to from sources that you have no familiarity with whatsoever, right? Uh, ask yourself that question as well. And a lot of these 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 snippets and photos and video, like normally, kind of sort of happens, they send it in to the major news network booths and yep. whatnot. Yep. And they traditionally don't just take this shit and immediately put it up on the screen. No. That's if anything else is your last chance to vet this stuff and be like, look, is this is this legit? Does it seem legit? Yeah. Or what kind of caveat are we going to put on this before we display it, you know, to a nationwide audience? Yeah. There's none of that. It's like every little snippet of something they get their hands on, they like it's it right out. If if war had a MySpace page, <laughs> we're all reading it. And yeah. it's just a mishmash of different kind of conflicts and shit that are happening in that area. 
you know, and then there, then there's the narrative of that, you know, because yes, I normally listen to a lot of Fox, and they would say things like, well, in the Situation Room, um, all the, the battle-hardened commanders here are all very um, emotional and taken aback by the, the courage of the Ukrainian people in the face yeah. of such adversity, and, yeah. da, da, da. and I'm like, really? Is that important to keep mentioning that like 10 times a day? Yeah. Then you see the video of the 13 um, guards of Snake Island out there in Ukraine. Yes. That yes. the Russian warship, pretty much like every B-villain ever, says, you know, lay down your weapons or prepare to die. And these guys get on, on the horn <laughs> and are like, go fuck yourself. You yeah. know, boom, they're yep. all dead. Yep. Today they say there was one guy that ran across a bridge in Ukraine, blew himself up with the bridge to yep. prevent the, the Russians from crossing over. Yeah. And I'll say, look, I'm not saying this stuff isn't true. It's just that they're going out of their way with stories like this that are going to get an emotional response and sway people. Oh, yeah. But yet there's so many other basic facts and details about this that nobody can report on because they don't know. Yeah. Well, for, for lack of a, a better way to uh, frame it, you have a battle going on between old media and new media. Mm -hmm. And priorities are a little different. Old media's priorities... You know, accuracy is very high on that list. Right, right. New media, no, that's that's pretty far down on the New list. New media is just about scoop them. Yeah, get it's it about out there feed first. Feed them to the punch, get it out there first. And yeah, y y there's an expectation, I guess, mm -hmm. that people have, or at least, you know, people that have been around a little bit like yourself, like me, that there's some kind of vetting going on here. There's some kind of uh, effort to make sure that what you're putting out there is accurate and truthful. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not a priority of new media. And, uh, and I should bring this up as well, since you happen to mention Fox. <laughs> um, I'd like to remind people that a couple years ago, you know, Fox fought off a, a, a libel suit, won the case because the judge uh, decided that Fox News is not news, it's entertainment. So if you're watching Fox News, there's no expectation of accuracy in the news itself. Mm -hmm. You know, and... Not just Fox, but you gotta you gotta ask yourself source wise where everything's coming from, and 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 ask yourself is this is this a credible source of information? Right. You know where are they getting it from? You have this belief that this country is so very good and we are so very bad. Are they just repeating it, or did they dig mm -hmm. this dig this stuff up themselves? And it was it was a, a big hullabaloo earlier in this week there uh, because Tucker Carlson, who yeah I've never been a big fan of because I think the guy just speaks to a particular base, yeah. shaves the facts just to fit his narrative, just yeah. like Rush Limbaugh used yeah, to. and his fashion sense is up his ass. Oh, uh, anyway. well, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> see, this is like, it's like laughing, folks. Look out. Whatever he hits, he destroys. Um, <laughs> but he came out and said, uh, against the grain, very much so, uh, before we, we vilify Russia and Putin, because that's what we've been told to do over the last 12 years. Mm -hmm. Take a, a second look at this guy, Zelensky, and you know, his own rise to power. I mean, are we they, talking about the comedian? Yeah. Ah, and okay, and they yeah. love to quote things just like that. He was an entertainer, a TV comedian, this and that. And oh, we expected him to hightail and run, kind of like those Afghani presidents did and whatnot. Yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. And Tucker came out and said, well, if you learn a little bit about this guy, he kind of silenced all the voices against him when he took power <laughs> and kind of <laughs> unplugged them from the national you know, discourse. Kind of the way they do things out there. The, you know? And that's exactly it. It's, it's kind of the way they do things out there. 
But again, it's like every morning now, this guy pops his head up like it's fucking Groundhog Day, and everyone's supposed to be like, oh, he's still there. It's good. They haven't captured him yet. Mm. Now, to stand your ground for your belief in your country and whatnot, yes, it's, it's clearly commendable, all right? Yeah. But to make your family stay too, after he says, well, I, I realize I'm at the top of the list and my family is number two, yeah. get your freaking family out of there. Well, again, these are, these are the kind of questions that you need to ask yourself when you're on the receiving end of this kind of information. You know, God forbid anybody actually stops and, and, and gives it a second or a third thought. Uh-huh. You know, um, good example, um, and you and I were talking about this pre-show, we were talking about this earlier last week, when Putin initially uh, said something along the lines of, you know, any country that interferes with us is going to suffer repercussions. Right. Uh, that you wouldn't believe. Yeah, the likes that you have never seen <laughs> or you wouldn't believe or whatever. And a lot of people interpreted that as a nuclear threat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, he's going to release nukes. Holy shit. Stop and think about that for a minute, okay? He has nukes. The U.S. has nukes. France has nukes. Britain Even has India nukes. has nukes. Yeah, <laughs> India has nukes. Israel's you know. got more than several other countries. Yeah, seriously. South Africa even has nukes. Yeah, so is this really no. a viable threat? It's bullshit. It's saber-rattling. Right. You know, he cuts loose a nuke. Pretty much everybody in the neighborhood's going to drop a few on him. Mm-hmm. Hell, I'd even be, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't even be surprised if Japan lobbed one in there just, <laughs> you know, to be part of the party, to get in on the it show. It would, of course, go know? over in the shape of a giant robot. Most likely, but... yes. Yes. So, you know, that was bullshit, you know, quite frankly. And... and I know, in particular, CNN, you know, was blasting that through oh, yeah. their mega loudspeaker, and really, you know, that that, that was a bullshit statement, mm-hmm. you know, and and should be regarded as such. Did anybody qualify it like that? Not not anywhere I saw. Right. You know, so it's it's there is an element of showmanship, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Definitely, people trying to get ratings. You know, let's not forget that. You know, I have a obviously an inherent distrust of media in general. Because I worked in media. I worked in mass media. <laughs> That's why I don't trust those fuckers. And I strongly recommend people make their own decisions. You know, keep in mind what their agenda is. Keep in mind what Putin's agenda is. And our right. agenda, for that right. matter. You know? Qualify this shit, people. Well, speaking of qualifying stuff, the other um, gem that was a, a video snippet sent out all over the place today yeah. was um, an armored vehicle, uh, artillery of some kind. They yeah. don't know if it's Ukrainian or Russian, but it steamrolled right over this car in traffic. <laughs> it was they, they were coming opposite ways, but it actually crossed into the car's lane head on to run it over and oh, squash it. You no know, kidding. So okay. on Fox and Friends this morning, the female, whatever her name was, was all uh, a glow when they were talking to somebody in the know. I didn't yeah. mean to rhyme there. Right. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. <laughs> um, and she was like almost giddy. Well, what was that a Russian or was that a Ukrainian? Oh, you know, was, was, was that a training video from 2016? Right. And what maybe? do you want? Like blood to squirt out the car like a smashed bag of ketchup? I mean, yeah, come really. on. It's just. Yeah. You crazy fuck. They want this to be the most horrific thing. So, of course, yeah, when it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. So everybody will be glued, glued to the station. Oh, yeah. Well, the timing on this is good. Uh, the media probably should thank Vladimir and send him a send him a you know a bottle of champagne or something because people were kind of done with the whole COVID coverage thing. Yeah. People yeah. were kind of frosted on that. They came up with yet another variant. People were like, no. Mm-hmm. no. And let's not even touch base on the new uh, nominee for the Supreme uh, Supreme Court, <laughs> uh, young lady of color. We'll get to that in another episode. Indeed. Nice try, Biden. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. 
you know, this is this has been just tailor made and served up on a silver platter to mass media as far as something else we can scare the living shit out of people about. Exactly. You know? So since we both established that we're not very trusting of, or at very least we're, we're calling in as, as dubious the nature of all these little snippets yeah. of information, like any great uh, mystery, okay, or possible mm-hmm. scandal, my, my thoughts go to, who stands to gain? Bingo. So in the immediate sense, it's all these news channels. They yep. stand to gain because people are glued to it yep. because they keep doing this, this thing where it's if you turn away, you're going to miss it when something happens. Yeah, yeah, you might miss something. It's and, a whole uh, lot of hurry up and wait otherwise. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it truly is. It truly is. What do, what do they, they call that syndrome where people are afraid they're missing out on something? I guess like the Zoomers suffer badly from it and millennials suffer bad. Fear of it, FOMA, fear of missing out, or f- some shit like that. You got me. But yeah, that's yeah. I think that's what it is. FOMA, fear of missing Acronyms out. Acronyms are the devil's workshop. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, God forbid we don't see the tank rolling over the car. Right. right. Um, you know, don't know what this does really to further the factual narrative here. But mm-hmm. hey, it's great TV. And and that's it. And maybe it's you know maybe I'm just pissed off. Truth be told, speaking of truth in advertising, mm. that the other night, like I, I said to you, I didn't sleep a wink. Because, of course, once I just got up from my fourth pee of the night, hello to Welcome 52, <laughs> um, and I, I, I just glanced at my iPad, and at that point, boom, the Russians had started shelling. Yeah. Now I'm up all night, because every uh-huh. hour on the hour, I got to check now on the news and see what else is going on, yep. because you know the common perception was that the Ukrainians wouldn't last more than 36 hours. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. We're approaching that 36-hour <laughs> mark. There's still no major um, residential stronghold been taken. They, they've taken an airport, yeah. so they can bring in more troops and all that. You know, from a strategic standpoint, is is impressive. But street to street fighting, it, it, the Russians are getting their asses handed to them. They're wow. having their aircraft knocked out of the sky by the handful, you know. Interesting. And all these countries now are all jumping on the bandwagon because everybody likes to back a winner. Yeah. And they're sending them Stinger and Javelin missiles to knock out both aircraft and tanks, <laughs> respectively. Um, so, again, there's oh, another person that, that stands to gain right there is obviously arms manufacturers. Arms yes, right? yes, yes. And Let's see if anybody at the end of this is, has got the balls to, like, Sell arms to both sides. Oh, I'm sure it's already happening. Yeah, Yeah, it's got to already be happening. And uh, they also told the tales of the uh, Ukrainian fighter pilot known as the Ghost. The Ghost. Who has supposedly single-handedly already shot down, in one day, five Russian aircraft. Really? Yes. I'm sorry, it was six. It's five that makes you an ace. Ah. Okay, in the rules of the air. Right, right. He did six in a day, if this is to be believed, right? What a guy. What is it, fucking Red Baron, or is it Snoopy (laughs) up there? I don't know. Or maybe is it the... the Snoopy uh, Charlie Brownovich yeah. is our number one pilot. Yeah, that, that character that Tom Cruise played in Top Gun or some shit like yes, that. Yes, right. He's Maverick, right. Yeah, there we go. So again, we're just throwing this all on the pile, folks, because again, there's all these like little snippets and interesting little human interest stories. Yeah. And I won't even get into the, uh, the, 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 the interview I almost sat through today yeah. of the uh, former... Uh, tourism official, this young lady, yeah. holding all her little like three, oh, four, and five-year-olds, yeah. you, you know, about this. Yes. In, in this tunnel. You know, Ukraine, fun fact, has the deepest subway tunnels out of any country in Europe, 
And here she is on her cell phone having this crystal clear conversation with the mm. folks at Fox detailing mm. the conditions in the subway tunnels. Right. And, oh, please, everyone, the world needs to see this and do something. Stop mm. waiting. Yes. And I'm just thinking to myself, self. You are all equally worthless. Something is amiss here. Yeah, a little red flag. I mean, we're not talking Capricorn 1 level of scandal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's fighting there, and I'm sure it's happening for, like, all armed conflict, for all the shitty reasons. The fact that you said that and I laughed, boy, we just dated each other. Holy shit. But yeah, to that end, there are other people thinking along these lines. You're not hearing much from them, but there are people thinking along these lines. So just just so you know, there are lists out there of propaganda-laden, quote-unquote, news outlets and social media accounts that have been crowdsourced. Uh, so, you know, if you must, citizen journalist, get familiar <laughs> with this. Uh, there are actual journalists, you know, guys that have gone to school for this and mm-hmm. actually, you know, get paid to do this kind of shit. Uh, they're running public spreadsheets of debunked claims uh, and tweeting updates on this as well. Um, so, you know, citizen journalist, dude, get, get right with mm-hmm. this as well, you know? And, and this is what I love, Johnny. The, these guys, these, these uh, social media knuckleheads, come up with great terms. Great <laughs> terms. And I, and I heard one this morning that I really dug. I hadn't heard this before. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm behind other times because God knows I don't immerse myself in this shit. Mm-hmm. But one of the things an actual journalist uh, recommended the citizen journalist do is stop doom scrolling. Isn't that cool? Doom scrolling. I like it. I like it. Well, I'll leave you with, with these two points before we uh, get our, our shovels out of our kit bag and dig ourselves out of this trench. Yes. Um, Anonymous, the uh, worldwide famous uh, hacking collective. Yes, with the, uh, the, the masks. Yes. yes. With the, what, I don't even know what that, for the V Vendetta. I know it's, it's, yeah. it's somebody famous, yeah. but yeah. I'm too old. I don't know this shit. <laughs> um, they're siding against uh, Russia and all things Russian and even Putin himself, and they, they've declared that they're picking sides. Which, to my knowledge, they've really never chosen a wow. side that didn't benefit them before. No. And equally as obnoxious and evil, uh, Meta, you know, the good folks at Facebook, yes, yes. they've come out and, and decried all things um, from the Russian government, and they will not Have allow really? them to post anything no shit. having to do with this conflict, wow. whether it be opinions, facts, whatever. Wow. They are on the outside are looking in now. Are you Mark Zuckerberg reached down and found a pair? Get Apparently. out of here. Or, or... Who benefits? Yeah, yeah. There's something at yeah, work. They weren't they weren't paying for the advertising anymore. Apparently, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quickest you can let them sabotage the, the uh, American presidential elections, <laughs> but don't you dare wade into that Ukrainian conflict. Yeah, don't fuck up the war here. Now. Good yeah, lord. Now. So that's where we're at with that, folks. And again, we're not taking sides. We're not discounting yep. any of the human suffering that's going on. God no. It's a damn shame it's going to happen in the first place. Yep. We're just saying, where are all the Verifiable news sources yeah, when, when it comes to this. Disinformation and propaganda smorgasbord, folks. Yep. This is a feast. So try and keep that in mind as you're wading into it and making decisions and sharing information. Yeah, a little bit of truth goes a long way. There we go. And on that note, it's time for the middle gem. Yes. Brought like to you by it. two guys that severely need a middle gem. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we need it. We need it. You know. 
take a pause and, and have a quick shot and uh, and oh yeah totally yeah that's because it ain't gonna get any better folks trust no, me absolutely <laughs> crucial at this moment that we all stop for a minute and have a drink and preferably a strong one mm-hmm. but uh, yeah let's hit him with a middle jump shall we John righty. how about something a little change of pacey I like that thought okay. I like that thought might you be up for a little big audio dynamite John yes there we go very good very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for those who aren't familiar, Big Audio Dynamite was uh, Mick Jones's band after the Clash broke up. And this is a little gem of theirs called Rush. Outstanding. So enjoy this tune, folks. And we'll be right back in a couple more minutes with some more things and stuff. If I had my time again, I would do it all the same. Fully grown And I know where it's at Somehow I stay thin While the other guys got fat All the chances that I've blown And the times that I've been down I didn't get too high Kept my feet on the Now when rush for a change of atmosphere, I can't go on, so I give in. Gotta get myself right out of here. Situation now. Yes, got to get out of here. Yes. 
That uh, just just so we're hundred percent clear and we don't get an angry email from little Myra Goldstein. Uh-huh. That was <laughs> Big Audio Dynamite version two. Oh, yeah. oh my! So everybody is aware. And, uh, and yeah, because there was a longer one that kind of just languishes in the middle. Yeah, you know that's an. We don't want to play point. that one. No, that uh, the version that we just played uh, popped up on their nineteen ninety one album, The Globe. But the version you're re- referring to was actually titled Change of Atmosphere. Huh. And uh, had appeared on uh, BAD's 1990 album, Kool-Aid. Ain't that some shit. So, yeah, seriously. Good, good, good call, Johnny. Good observation. Well, like we try, it. We like try it. and spare people fluff whenever yes, possible. Yes, And just, just a little, <laughs> little gem to tie onto that gem, that keyboard part in the very beginning. Uh-huh. That is a sample of the Who tune, Baba O'Reilly. Or take really? it from Baba O'Reilly, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. These snippets abound. Yes. So, you know. Props to the uh, Big Audio Dynamite guys from you know stealing from the good stuff. Sure, you know? sure. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from your daddy's cabinet of music. There you go. So that was some fun. I enjoyed that. That was good. I that concur. Was good. And we need to have fun with that as we uh, continually go on with this episode and get more and more liquored up because yeah. <laughs> the um, and luckily neither one of us are flying after this oh. because the subtopic Indeed. tonight is uh, well basically. The, the shitty state of air travel these yes, days. Yes, the not-so-friendly skies, folks. Yeah. Once upon a time, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to clarify, because it's not... Well, in, in this episode, we're not vilifying the airlines, no. per se. No, nope, not at we're all. We're not vilifying the, uh, the crews no, of said airlines. No, those bastards have nothing but sympathy for Right. We're, uh, we're, we're vilifying the salt of the earth, yes. the Joe and Jane Doe from the street. The quote-unquote unruly passengers. Yes. yes. You know who you are. Now, yes. I guarantee, having just said that, somewhere there's some asshole, probably abroad, yeah. being like, oh my God, it's so me. I'm such a pain in the ass. Uh. Die, bitch, die. Now expand on that, Michael. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, tag unruly passengers was something that the FAA came up with to, uh, uh, I guess, define mm-hmm. uh, these people who interfere with flight crew members and cause incidents in the air and put flights in peril. Right. You know, and it's just you know again something we were discussing off mic. You know, it's only going to be a matter of time if this shit keeps up before. Right. One of these idiots brings a plane down into a metro area. And you know what? Whether, whether I, I, no matter how hard I try, I can't get the image out of my head as we talk about this. Yeah. And maybe it creeps up every time I see one of these videos where the other pastors have to wrestle down some loudmouth ass or some shit. Yeah. It always goes back to that episode of the Twilight Zone, Terror at 30,000 Feet yes. with William Shatner yes. and, and the gremlin on Captain the wing. Kirk. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or even John well. Lithgow doing it in the Twilight Zone movie, yep. right? Yep. They couldn't wrestle his ass down to the ground fast enough just because <laughs> this guy's having an anxiety attack. But here we are in now 2022. Yes. It seems like, you know, it's, it's a dichotomy because on one hand, you know, an, an airplane and most rights, especially these, these little commuter jump flights, yeah. it, it's a flying bus. Yeah. Okay. And it really needs to be treated with all the reverence and, and pomp and, yeah, you know, of a flying bus. We don't need to clap when the thing lands anymore. Yeah. You know, stop asking for an extra, like, pillow or blanket because you're uncomfortable. Yeah, really. You're in a flying can at, at 600 miles per hour in the sky. <laughs> the last thing you should be worried about is, I'm a little chilly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But by the same token, 
there's a lot of things that go into play with keeping an airplane in the air. Oh, yeah. One of which is, well, I don't know, people sitting the fuck down and not wrestling in the aisle. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, just, just so, you know, people are 100% clear on this. If I'm on a plane and one of these unruly passengers starts to create an issue... Uh, in front of me, I'm grabbing the first blunt object I can get my hands on, Clearly. and I'm crushing that fucker's skull. Hitting them about the face and head with Re- something. Repeatedly. To me, I don't care, you know, 8 to 80, blind, crippled, and crazy, I'm choking a motherfucker out. Yeah. Because I'm not going down in a blaze of glory, no. <laughs> because well, this one can't get an extra bag of peanuts. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you just touched on, you know, part of what the root of the problem is, is these idiots... Are, are acting like this is they're just on a bus going down right. a city street right. and not 30,000 feet above the ground. Yep. And, you know, hurtling through space at six or 700 miles an hour. You now, know? On, on one hand, like I said in the opening, we're not looking to vilify the, the airlines. I mean, this is human behavior. Yeah, it is. However, I think the airlines have done nothing to help this situation through years of looking to eliminate. All of those things that made air travel, for lack of a better word, enjoyable. Yeah. And they're making it more cost efficient. Yeah. It's like, for example, who among us hasn't taken a flight to somewhere in a country and, you know, used to be able to look up the aisle of the plane and there was a decent little walkway there because, of course, I got to get this cart with the drinks and shit through. Yeah. But now if you look at it, in many cases, not all, but many cases, there's a new row of seats bolted into the aisle, the center aisle of the plane, yeah. because they want to get as many bodies on those planes as possible. Yeah. When's yeah. the last time you went, even like pre-COVID, I, I guess, but when's the last time you went on a, on a flight that wasn't packed and sold out? I can't remember the last time. Yeah, I don't, I don't, do, I don't fly nearly as much as I used to, mm-hmm. but in you know, what little flying I have done, it does seem like they're shoehorning them in these days. Totally. And in these... these uh, Constant surveys and whatnot of, of, of flight crews and, and airline personnel. A common refrain is that in regards to the unruly passenger situation. Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? They're not getting much backup from corporate on this. Right. You know, and, and they, I was reading this one, uh, this one interview uh, where this guy who's a, a 20-year veteran of the industry was, was saying, hey, they don't realize that, you know, this guy loses his shit, I'm trapped inside this can mm-hmm. with him at 30,000 feet with nowhere to run to. Right. Surely there must be something you can do. I'm doing everything I can. Now stop calling me Shirley. You know, this is... It, and just to qualify it, just so we're not totally throwing rocks... Um, <laughs> There's at, always time at, for that. ...at the corporate side of things. Uh, prior to 2020, the FAA didn't even keep annual stats on these unruly passengers because these incidents were so infrequent. Wow. This is a relatively new phenomenon mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously has a lot to do with what's been going on in reality over the last couple of years. Uh, the FAA, FAA reported 6,300 unruly passenger incidents over the last 18 months, I think it was. More than 4,500 of them were mask-related. Mm-hmm. Which would give you an idea of how contemporary this particular crisis is. I think you're having a breakdown. Right. And uh, as we've discussed before and at length, you know, the mask issue really doesn't have a whole lot to do with masks. You know, it, it, it really is, you know, a social issue of a group of people that feel like they've been belittled and they've been marginalized and they've mm-hmm. been left out of a lot of the economic success- successes 
that a lot of us have have shared in over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, brand new phenomenon. There isn't a there isn't a book. There mm-hmm. isn't a this is what you do under these circumstances. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, I will I'll go out on a limb and use my background in psychology and say, from a technical standpoint, fuck them, okay? <laughs> yeah. um, there we go. I would, in all truthfulness, I would go back. That's a clinical term. Um, I would go all the way back, you know, to look at the, um, the origins of, of modern commercial flight. Yeah. And granted, in the 50s and 60s, uh, liquor use was a lot more... I think common and accepted, hard liquor wise, mm-hmm. than it is today. It didn't have that 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 real stigma yeah. that, like it or not, it still does today. Where when we're drinking, we always kind of feel like we're doing something bad. Okay, right. right. And I can't help but think that in the early days of air travel, because of all the moving pieces and what was really going on, especially with the advent of mega jumbo jets. Yeah. Liquor was kind of there to calm people down. A little bit of a distraction. Right. Yeah. Not as a form of entertainment, yeah. which is now what it's turned into. Yeah. So those of us that don't want to watch uh, the in-flight movie, okay, or look forward to whatever the, the, the food is, because in most cases, there is none, yeah. what do they do? Like, oh, yeah, give me a drink. I'm going to this and that, and I'll chit-chat with my, you know, sporty blouse uh, coat cabin mate over right, here. Right, right. But... Like you said, they're also tuning up at the airport. Yep. So okay. by the time they get on the plane, they've already got a couple of them. Yep. And truth be told, that's that's what liquor does. If you're an asshole, it makes you ten times the asshole. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But my concern is, you know, and lest we forget, folks, we still live in an age where there's at least last time I checked, there's air marshals on some of these planes. Yeah. Where are these guys? I, mean, I don't know. You know, immediately post nine eleven, it seemed like. That was the thing going yep. forward that uh, that they were going to use to combat, you know, another potential issue. Right, and granted, maybe they don't want to. The they don't want to play their hand because this could be something from a terrorist playbook. You, you, Ahmed, cause distraction. We see who Air Marshal is. That was actually Russian, but was that a, one? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Chechnyan. We'll call it. We'll call it even. But yeah, so maybe they don't want to get involved in every little thing. But some of these, the ones that escalate, where they got to like turn around and shit. Yeah. Look, I mean, I know you can't shoot them in a pressurized cabin. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Can, yeah. can you just knock them out somehow, please, Taze quickly? Tase them. Tase and confuse. Not gonna bring the. <laughs> bring the plane down. In or most cases, not. What are those electronic cattle yes, prods? Yes, cattle prods. Those are very effective. Or beanbag, like to the temple from a like a shotgun, maybe right, or right. something. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, this is this is a relatively new phenomenon, so yeah. you know maybe we can't completely fault the industry for not knowing quite how to deal with it. However, it's it's now the vampires in the house, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is happening. Um, uh, outside of a July uh, 2021 uh, survey done by the uh, Association of Flight Attendants, uh, 85% of the uh, airline personnel that they surveyed said that they dealt with an unruly passenger over the last year. And here's a shocker for you, folks. 55% of these same people said they've dealt with this kind of scenario at least five times. That's okay? out of control. The wolf's in the hen house, kids. Yeah. You know, now's the time to figure out what the hell we're going to do about this. You went from a wolf to a, from a vampire to a wolf. Are you reading those Twilight books again? Well, it's, it's the whole fang thing. Okay. You okay. know, the fang <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm big into that, that kind of I don't imagery. see what Phyllis Diller's uh, husband has to do with it, but okay. <laughs> 
Wow, that's the oldest thing I, I've ever I said. I was going to say, that was a pretty, <laughs> pretty vague reference right there. Wow. 35 to 55. Yeah. That's our demo, folks. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> kids are going to have to just Google that one. Just, just Google it. You know, it'll make Oof. sense. But, uh, and, you know, just, just to, just to uh, emphasize what these crew people are dealing with, uh, 61% of these same people in this same survey said that the passengers that were causing problems used sexist, racist, and or homophobic slurs. Hmm. And almost 20% of them reported actual physical violence, actual physical incidents right. involved with these people. Not just you know, the loudly you know, bitching and moaning or, or, or whatever. These people actually like, took swings at flight attendants. You know, now think about that a minute. You're punching a flight attendant? Right. Really? Yeah. You know? You should be tased repeatedly. Yeah. You know? And beat over the head with a cattle prod. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous, folks. And like I said, not new anymore. Yeah. You know? Now we need some solutions. And, and it's amazing because, I mean, yeah, it's been 20 years or so since, since 9-11. Yeah. But I remember shortly thereafter getting on like a, a cross-country flight. Yeah. And I would size up. The other passengers, as we're all sitting there waiting to board. There we go. And I would see... little profiling. Right. Oh, a lot of profiling oh, going on there. Oh, I yeah. make no bones about it. And I remember uh, a couple flights where they would take a group of swarthy individuals that were obviously all together, yep. and they would magically be the only ones taken off for a random spot check. Yeah. You know? Funny how that worked. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen that happen once or twice. But, uh, and I was doing a, um, a Newark to LA flight one time. Long and flight. Long Ooh. flight. Yeah. Nonstop, no less. There you go. And I looked around at the passengers, and I'm like, okay, bunch of old people. Okay. We got oh, oh a, a slate of, of swarthies. It was like five of them. Okay. And uh, look over there, we got the, the uh, that hayseed big boy with a cowboy hat. I'm like, <laughs> if he isn't an air marshal, then he's just a big dude. So all right, yes, yes. he's on, he's going to be on my side, you know. Yeah. And I figured at that point, yeah, I was still relatively in shape and and virile. There we go. So I'm sure the swarthies had looked at me like, would take him out first. Yeah. Again, this Cheshian accent, it's just not leading me. To well, me. it's kind of like you know, it wasn't <laughs> back in the '80s. Now it's, we're back to a point where we can blame the Russians. We prepare to die. We can make fun of the Russians. <laughs> They're going to be the supervillains in the next, you know, few Bond yeah. films or whatever. Yeah, That's the thing. Everything old is new again. It's just like Hollywood. We're going to recycle the same boogeyman yeah, now. I know. I know. Oh, it's crazy, the Russians again. Okay. But here, look, here, here's the bottom line. The air travel thing, something needs to be done. There needs to be federal regulations. And I can't understand why. I mean, Lord knows how busy Congress is. Yeah. Get off your ass and do something important for a change. There we go. Get some legislation, not just to protect the passengers, but in the short term, look, protect these air crews. They're not making a whole shitload of money. Yeah. Okay? Come and, on. And the, 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 I can't think of any way this could be some kind of partisan issue. Right. You know, not on this one. No way. Yeah. You know, this has got to be, you know, both sides of the aisle. You know, we all, you know, fly on planes occasionally, if not frequently. And none of us want to see one of these jumbo, you know, 767s yep. come down in a metro area. And again, it's, it's, it's a harsh thought, but, you know, it's been a long time since we had an air accident in this, this country. This is true. And again, it, it lends to people thinking about this stuff in this flying bus mentality. Yep. And they forget all the moving parts and pieces that, that go into it. 
and the basic aerodynamics of a plane. Like I said, yeah. you don't want people jumping around like, like a trampoline. No, you know? no. This has been, if I may, it's been uh, incorrectly contexted. Yeah. And we got to start addressing it for the issue that it is. You know? And how long is it before some passenger takes, you know, the, the law, let's call it, into their own hands and deals with one of these assholes harshly? Also and their possible. defense, which is completely defensible, is I was afraid for my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were, so I took appropriate action when nobody else would. Yeah, I was in a metal tube 30,000 feet above the ground, right? hurtling through uh, hurtling. space at 800 <laughs> miles an hour, and this idiot was causing a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, this, this, I mean, you want to talk about a situation where force is justified? Mm -hmm. There we go. Yep. So remember that, folks, next time you're flying high again. And oh, dare I say, as a lead-in to our oh. final gem oh. of this episode, our gems are hot lately, by oh, the way. I'm you, just man. saying. Ah, a little transitional thing there. And very, by, the, very by good. the way, folks, I mean, um, like most of you, I love when Michael Sean Lee throws in little snippets and anecdotes about these songs, or as he calls it, <laughs> you know, billboarding them. Yes. And uh, on a lot of my shows that I do on Big Boom Radio... <laughs> I never really talk a lot about the music. I want the music to talk for itself. Sure. So some of you might say, well, why is this different? How come you guys, you know, A, why do you include music, which is just because we want to. Yes. Uh, and it lends to the stories that we're talking about. Indeed it does. But we choose to bookend them because uh, we play music on this show, not just because it lends to the story, but as an educational thing. So Man. in other words, we're not just about politics or movies or sports or yeah. you know pop culture we're primarily a music podcast with news snippets and human interest shit in between yeah right there was a, there was an old term term we used to use when i worked in syndicated radio back in the day called up in the wow factor yeah indeed you know, and what was it uh, working between uh winning between the winning. songs yeah, yes. there you go winning yes. between the songs yes. so yeah so a lot of what we talk about is, is fluff the real action here folks is in the songs there we go we're, we're like an old episode of miami vice <laughs> You just fast forward uh, to the dialogue. Uh, just uh, get to the music. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was important that we finally told very, everybody. Like, very appropriate reference, Johnny. Yeah. Very appropriate. Considering this, uh, this, this next song uh, was on Ozzy's 1981 album, Diary of a Madman. That was, uh, that was immediately before the Miami Vice phenomenon yes. happened. But things were going on at the time. That uh, Yeah, it was just the vibe you know, of the times. And yeah, I personally love it when... People throw out a little tidbit here of information, or maybe tell me something I didn't know about that album or that mm -hmm. artist or something like that. I love that kind of shit. I sure. really do. You know, it's fun. And, and, and even though we love you and I talking about politics and disagreeing about shit, nothing is as much fun as just us talking about music. music absolutely. Even when he makes that face, folks, <laughs> when, I, when I talk about a song he doesn't like, <laughs> oh, it's so dismissive. <laughs> I just want to smack him. Well, you know, like like every like every other topic on earth, you and I do disagree. But right. in this particular case, I think it's a complimentary uh, disagreement in perspective. I, I guess I don't you know? know. I don't even know if it goes that far. I mean, <laughs> you need to appreciate <laughs> hair metal for what it was. And I guess I need to listen to a couple K sides by the Rolling Stones <laughs> to really appreciate the group. Finally, repeat repeat after me: Jane's addiction. Oh, here Jane's we go. Addiction. Let's go to the gem. What is the gem? <laughs> Well, apropos of the topic, I think we're going to go with uh, Flying High Again. All right, and there it is, folks. Enjoy. We'll be right back. <laughs> Woof. At 39.
Yeah, a good nice. Aussie tune. And I was never an Aussieophile <laughs> yeah. per se, but yeah. good, good tune. Good nice, tune. nice. Yeah, that was, again, from uh, Ozzy's 1981 album, Diary of a Madman. Um, for those who are really, really into it, uh, a lot of people believe that the solo mid-song is some of Randy Rhodes' best work. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but what I remember from that time period with Ozzy were these fantastic album covers. Yes. You know, they were like <laughs> little, little horror movie posters, you know, from uh, Bark at the Moon was one, I remember. Yep. Uh, the cover of Diary of a Madman was was yep. disturbing, yep. you know. And, uh, and of course, Blizzard of Oz. Yes. You know, I remember seeing that stuff in stores when... They were still selling albums, yep. you know? But unlike the other ones, it wasn't uh, like Frank Frazetta-looking or Boris Vallejo fantasy scenes. It was yeah. Ozzy posing with some yeah. weird costume or yeah. some shit like that. Yep. That was, that was Very theatrical. creative marketing, I must say, because yep. it stuck in my mind all these years later. Sure, you know? sure. And, uh, and yeah, that was, that was part of the fun you know, of that era for you kids, you yeah. know? Was you know trawling the trawling the, uh, the the record shelves in the department store when you know mom went in to buy you know whatever school clothes or some shit <laughs> you know you go running <laughs> off to the uh, to the album section and start you know trawling yep. through and the albums were so much easier to come through than the cassettes because remember they were those big long plastic cases yep. yep so you had to like flip this and then like get like right on top of it to read what the label oh I know was. yeah yeah not very shoppable no but speaking of throwback entertainment. Ah. Yeah, you've been hitting me with some stuff you've been watching. Yes, uh, that uh, that's I found very interesting yep. and, and very curious. Well, that remains to be seen. So, for the good folks at home, <laughs> uh, after explaining this because it came up for whatever reason a couple times, I gave uh, Michael my copy, my DVD copy of Walt Disney's The Black Hole. Yeah, which for those of you who have seen it, uh, you remember it came out. I think it was eighty or eighty-one. It was yeah. it was capitalizing obviously on Star Wars fever. Yep, yep. It was a super big budget Walt Disney flick <laughs> that went over like a fart in church because it was way too serious for anything Walt Disney had put out yeah. to that time, and it wasn't animated. You know. Yeah, it was a dis- diff- different Disney studio back then than it is oh, now. Oh, much, very much. different. Went way over budget. They switched directors halfway. I mean, it was just a, a complete cluster. Yeah, but they had some names. They had some. They did. Some they had some names. Anthony uh, Anthony Perkins yep. was in that from yep. Psycho fame. Ernest Borgnine, Robert Forster, Maximilian Schell. Yes. Uh, one of the robots voiced by I think Roddy McDowell. Yep. Because uh, that's what Roddy McDowell did yep. back then. And another the robot voice. voiced of all. Now these are. This is a sentence you can't make up. All right. And the other robot voiced by Slim Pickens. <laughs> My hover stabilization's gone, my main circuit's blown, and both backups are failing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, how is this not an Oscar winner? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. it's, it's, it's fun, and it's weird, and it holds up to this day, and it's starting to get a groundswell of support just for the sheer weirdness of it yeah. and, and being ahead of its time. And uh, well, you said it yourself mere moments ago, everything old is new I again. New again. Yeah. So I gave this to Mike and be like, watch this and spay, make sure you watch it to the end because there's an end segment to this that to this day people just weigh in at well it means this or it means that and it's yeah. it's weird as fuck. <laughs> and it's it's more laden <laughs> with um, symbolism yeah. than, a, than a, a Herman Melville pictogram. Wow, that sounds very Dennis Miller of me. I was going to say, that was damn creative. <laughs> but yes, so much. And really, the movie could be broken down as a, a space-born Moby Dick meets 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. There we go. Um, but yeah, 
tune in for that last scene, sir, because yeah. you'll be like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. And if you, you choose to indulge while enjoying the halfling's leaf, I, then so be it. It sounds that like... That can only enhance yeah. the experience. Yeah, it sounds like one of those nights, definitely. Since, definitely. of course, we're, we're going to be boycotting vodka anytime soon. Yeah, oh God, what a um, horrible thought that is. Yeah, Jesus. and then for you folks at home, of course, that's, that's like my uh, Johnny's media pick of the week. Yeah, maybe go. I'll start doing that. Right. Throw back these old movies. Ah, I sense a new segment coming on here. It could be. It could be. So we'll start off with The Black Hole. Should the, be easy enough to get your hands yeah, on. Yeah, the throwback movie of the week. I like it. And I'm sure if you have Disney Plus, it must be on there. Oh, no doubt. It, it must. Be, it yeah. yeah. And again, it's of all the places where it really came to the forefront, I was in a, uh, a Walgreens pharmacy up here, which is fairly big in New England. Yeah. And uh, I was looking for something, and I guess I went through, no, I didn't shop, but I went through the toy aisle, but I noticed that they had some of the robots from this movie, brand new, as action figures, in the toy aisle of this drugstore. And I'm like, what the hell? And they were like... Like detailed, like McFarland type, right, like right. action figures, like yeah. twenty bucks a pop, you know. And yeah, I was so tempted to get one, <laughs> but it got me thinking. And then yeah, I just went down a rabbit hole, and I was looking at there's all these like YouTube shorts where they debate the meaning of the movie in the end. And right, right. So yeah, strap that on, folks, and enjoy. Once you've had enough Ukrainian, um, yeah. If there was a snippets time where where a little escapism was definitely exactly. definitely. Most most called for and very much needed. Yeah. So and, switch uh, off, watch the, the black hole. And then, speaking of black hole, we now leave you to the emptiness of your regular lives. <laughs> and thank you so much. <laughs> nice, <for> nice sign <laughs> up here, Tony. Nice. <laughs> they know I'm kidding. Uh, At least yeah, I don't make yeah, fun yeah. of the cave people like I you do. Know, well, you know. Cave people have rights too. And Russian feelings. cave people, mind you. Oh Russian. Jesus! Because it's we okay go. to to throw rocks at them. <laughs> it's okay. Talk about flashing back to the 1980s, folks. There you oh go. boy! Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna touch that. But thank you for being the ugly American <laughs> for a change. I appreciate that. I'll pass the baton back to you next week. Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. So that's it for this episode, folks. And. Thank you for joining us. As always, I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.